To follow in the path of God, we must first keep our promises. A promise is a promise. God gives us His promise of protection and His assurance that He will provide all we may ever need. Whatever the circumstances, however wild the storm and dark the night, there is a promise for you. And if you cling to His powerful promises, there is nothing that can come against you that will defeat you. Pastor and teacher John Carter brings us a message to strengthen our souls with great and precious promises. Hello, friend. I'm John Carter. Welcome today to The Carter Report. And thank you, Wayne, so much for your introduction today. Thank you for being a part of our team. This program today is coming to you from Down Under. We're in quarantine here in Australia with the borders locked. We've been trying to get back to America, but so far we just haven't had that possibility. And so this is coming to you today from our home. We've made this into a little studio with David looking after a multitude of cameras and Beverly sitting there helping also. I want to send special greetings today to my friends across the United States of America, around Australia and around the world, especially to my new friend, Mrs. Jacob down in the city of Melbourne. We talked, to, uh, talked this week on the telephone. It was a privilege to say hello to you. So welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this program. Program today is about God's mighty, powerful promises. Here's a text. Second Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verses 2 and onwards. Are you ready for this text? Here it comes. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace. Verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. Now, here it comes, here it comes by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The Bible talks about great and precious promises. I want to tell you something today, my friend, these promises are going to put wind in our sails today. These promises are going to lift us up higher. Here's a little poem I want to read to you from Robert Frost. He was born in the city of San Francisco, later moved over to beautiful New England. He wrote these words. The woods are lovely and dark and deep but I have promises to keep and miles to go before I sleep and miles to go before I sleep. I have promises to keep. A good person 
always keeps his promises. And God is the ultimate, ultimate good person. God always keeps his promises. And the Bible is filled with powerful, great and precious promises. Can we always expect skies of blue and calm seas? Is faith in God a guarantee of peace and prosperity? It'd be great if we had skies of blue, uh, just gentle breezes all through our lives. But the reality, it is not so. And Jesus told us the truth about this subject. I'm going to read to his words, John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, Jesus said, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. You're going to have tribulation. And tribulation means severe trial or suffering. Now, when we look around this world today, we see severe situations. We see trials and tribulations. We see the pandemic. The Economist magazine said the death rate is actually three or four times higher than has been officially reported. Jesus said, in this world, you are going to have trouble. Uh, We've got great friends in India. Today, I want to send special greetings to our dear friends in India. I want to send special greetings to Sam and his family. They have lost 13 of their dear friends and relatives and associates because of COVID-19. I want to say to Sam, I want to say to his wife, I want to say to his daughter, look up because there are great and precious promises. God isn't finished with you yet. There's a better day coming. Then we think of natural disasters, famines, and political turmoil, especially in the United States of America. Then we see people suffering from sickness and good people afflicted by cancer. There are some preachers who tell you that when you come to Christ, all your troubles are past. I want you to know something. I wish this were so, but it is not the truth. Jesus said, in this world, uh, you will have tribulation. Often we are placed in the fiery furnace but we have great and precious promises. Can you tell us about your Christian friend who was thrown into a Russian prison? Sure, Wayne. We call him Paul the Prisoner. Now, Paul the Prisoner, of course, is mentioned in the New Testament of the Holy Scriptures. It talks about Paul, the great apostle, who was thrown into prison. But I've got a great friend in Russia who because of his faith was thrown into prison. He was betrayed by a fellow member of the church. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. He was put 
into a refrigerator cell. Do you know what that is? They would freeze him to the point of death. Then they would take him out and they would warm him up. When he recovered, they would put him back inside the refrigeration cell and he'd freeze. They gave him a bit of soup and a bit of bread. He was one of the saints of God. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. They told Paul, you can get out any day you choose to get out of here. You just have to inform upon your other church members, your fellow church members. Tell us what they are doing. He said, never, never, never. This was a man of courage and integrity. After three years, he got out. Sometime later, he became one of my closest friends. You see, God delivers us in the midst of our troubles, not from our troubles, like the three Hebrews who were thrown into the fiery furnace back in the days of Nebuchadnezzar. Today, we're talking about God's great precious promises, God's precious promises. Got into the soul of Paul the prisoner, kept him sane, kept him strong, made him a victorious Christian. Some believe the saints will be taken home to heaven before the great time of trouble. What does the Lord say about the coming tribulation? Yeah, there sure is. Now, it is believed today by almost all Christians in North America, and I guess in other parts of the world, that the saints of God are going to be raptured home to glory. And they're going to be raptured home to glory before the great tribulation comes. I wish it were so. But the truth of the matter is that the saints of God in the last days are going to pass through the great tribulation. Now, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to turn to a text in the Bible and I'm going to turn to Revelation chapter 7 and uh, I'm going to come to verse 9 and then verse 13, then 14 to 16. We're going to read this text, Revelation chapter, let me see where it is. Revelation 7 verse 9, it says, After these things I looked. Behold, a great multitude which no one can number of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues standing before the throne of God. This is a picture of God's saints in the last days. Now, let me keep reading the text to you. Verse 13. Then one of the elders answered, saying to me, Who are these arrayed in white robes? Where did they come from? Verse 14. I said to him, Sir, you know. So he said to me, these are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. You can't come out of the great tribulation if you're not already in the great tribulation. That's sort of logical. That's sort of plain, isn't it? These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation, washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in the temple. 
He who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger any more, nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any heat. So the Bible says they're not going to be afflicted anymore. They're not going to go through this great time of trouble anymore. The Bible tells us that God doesn't deliver us from our troubles, but he delivers us in the midst of our troubles and he uses great and precious promises. Are you still listening to me? During tough times, we have the supernatural sustaining power of God's promises. Robert Schuller of the Crystal Cathedral, Southern California, uh, years ago wrote a, a book that was entitled Tough Times Don't Last, But Tough People Do. <laughs> Tough times when you have the sustaining power of God inside you, my friend, is going to make you into a tough person. You see, God doesn't deliver us from all of our troubles. He delivers us in the midst of our troubles. God makes us tough through his powerful promises. Out of weakness, God brings strength. When we were running meetings in the beautiful Sydney Opera House, we had come out from the United States of America, a great and marvellous singer, Marshall Kelly. What a singer. How he blessed those great crowds that came to the Sydney Opera House. He had a song, great song. He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He giveth more strength when the labours increase. To added afflictions, he addeth his mercy. To multiplied trials, his multiplied peace. When the trials come, we have the grace and the power of God. And out of weakness, we become strong because of God's absolutely great and marvellous and precious promises. Pain is something we all dread. How does God sustain us in the midst of pain? Wayne, it's a great question. I don't think my answer will be adequate, but I will do my best. Let me tell you about a neighbour of mine in Thousand Oaks, California, where we lived, this magnificent, wonderful place. Dr Roy, a professor from the beautiful Pepperdine University down at Malibu. Just a magnificent place. Roy had big open-heart surgery. After the surgery, after some weeks, when he was in recovery, he, he, I visited him, then he came to my house and he came into our living room and I sat down with him. He told me this story. When he was being operated on, when they were cutting him, he felt it all because 
The anesthetic didn't work. It worked enough, I should say, simply to stop him crying out. He couldn't cry out. He couldn't move. I said to him, Roy, I can't think of anything worse. I said, how did you survive? He said, as you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. He said, I'd memorize Psalm 23. I said it over and over again. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He said, Psalm 23 sustained me and gave me grace to endure this nightmare. I want you, everybody watching this telecast, to know this. When pain comes, and nobody likes pain, but we have a God who can give us grace to bear the pain until he sends deliverance. Years ago, more than 20 years ago, we were running a series of meetings in the great, beautiful city of St. Petersburg in Russia. I got sick. God's people get sick. I was listening to a great preacher in the United States of America some time back, and he said, once you become a Christian, because he said of God's great love for us, we never get sick again. Now, he was talking about the prosperity gospel. The Christians are called to no sickness, no pain, no suffering, but lives of ease and a lot of money and all of those things. Of course, that's not what Jesus said. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer. So I was taken in this Russian ambulance, quite a scary experience in itself, <laughs> taken to this Russian hospital. My family came with me. My team came with me. They put me in this ward. Everything seemed to be okay. Nighttime came. Had a new doctor. Things were pretty grim in those days in Russia. The doctor was inebriated. He was almost incoherent. And during the night, I got terribly sick. I felt sure I was going to die. But I was strong enough to get my Bible and I turned to Psalm 23. Do it every day, my friend. Read it. Memorize it. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This psalm, this collection of great and super precious promises sustain me. I was able to get a message out to my family. My family came after some time and they brought 
help and I survived, obviously. But I was sustained by the great and the precious promises of God. Do you believe we can rely upon God's promises for protection? Wayne, thank you. I certainly believe so. Now, if in this talk I'm giving you lots of personal experiences, it's because these things have happened to me and these things made a tremendous impression upon me. I will never get these experiences out of my mind, out of my soul. And I'm here today to testify that the promises of God are mighty and powerful and effective. Years ago, I was with a, a group of, of fellow ministers in the city of Amman. But I had to fly by myself from Amman up to Damascus in Syria. I'll never forget the flight. It was in the middle of the winter. I could look out and I could see the mountains. The mountains were covered with snow. It was a good flight. But Damascus is a very, very dangerous city. Syria is a very dangerous place. When I got out of the plane, I, nobody was there to meet me, of course. Nobody knew I was coming. I was in this dangerous place by myself. But I found a Christian man who owned a Volvo motor car. And he said, how can I help you? I said, I want to hire you and your car. I want to go north. I want to go right up to Aleppo, hundreds of miles in the north. And I want to stop at a place called uh, Ebler, a great archaeological excavation. And so we set out. We were soon stopped. And a Secret Service agent got in the back seat. I was a foreigner. And so this man stayed with us hour after hour, checking on me. And so we went to Ebler. I had a tremendous time in Ebler. I got some great pictures. Went on to Aleppo where there's been terrible fighting. Then I, we drove back, got back to Damascus. Went to the airport. But the flight had been closed because of a terrorist threat. How was I going to get back? How was I going to get back to Amman? And so my driver took me down to a place where there were these service taxis. And so I told the, the driver, I need to go to Amman tonight. He said, it's a long way. It's a dangerous journey. I said, I have no alternative. He said, I'll take you. And so we started out. We'd only gone about 20 or 30 miles and the car broke down. After a while, he was able to get the car going. And then as we drove on, we had to go over one of the most dangerous spots in the world. We had to drive along the Golan Heights. And once again, the car broke down. As I would look out the window by the moonlight, I would see soldiers running around carrying guns. On occasions, I would see tanks. I thought to myself, if I'm killed here, nobody will ever know except God. 
but I brought to my mind the precious promises of God. And I repeated the promises over and over and over again. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I recall the precious promises of God. I prayed for the driver. I prayed for the car. He got the car going. We traveled on through the night. And as the sun was breaking, we passed over the border and we came to Amman. I was safe. I'd been preserved in the midst of a dangerous situation. Listen to me. God is a real God. If you are in the will of God and if your life is in the hands of God, you need not fear because God has given to us, my friend, great and precious promises. And I've got more to share with you. I'll be back. Part two, great and precious promises. Because of the current crisis in the Ukraine, spiritual programs have all but vanished. There's an overwhelming hunger for the Word of God. And to respond to this urgent need, the Carter Report has pledged to build a media center. There is a building in a safe part of Ukraine that needs to be finished. Lights, cameras, sound and editing equipment will be purchased and installed. This center will produce Bible studies and church services. Also, radio and Christian TV programs that can be viewed on digital devices. Here are a few of God's soldiers on the battlefield in Ukraine. Dear Pastor Carter and uh, your team, dear friends uh, who support us in this very challenging time for Ukraine, for us it's a big relief, huge encouragement that we can stay here and can dream about future steps in our mission to share gospel of Jesus Christ. We appreciate your prayer support. We appreciate your donations so much. We really dream that here in this place will be a very good uh, studio for Chernovsky, for Ukrainian at all, where we can share the gospel. Please continue to pray about us, about our team, about Ukraine, and we will pray for you. Thank you very much. These people are compelled to move forward in faith. Let us all, in God's grace, move forward with them. We are asking you, supporters of the Carter Report, to help heal the hearts of Ukrainians with the Word of God. Please send your contributions for the Ukrainian Carter Report Media Center to our website or to the address on the screen. They need peace. They need hope. They need the Word of God now. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 
91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.